Welcome to Party Like a Marketer, the podcast dedicated to cannabis marketing, public relations, and authentic storytelling. I'm your host, Lisa Buffo, the founder and CEO of the Cannabis Marketing Association. And you can find me on Instagram at LeeBuff and Twitter at LeeBuff21. Whether you're new to cannabis marketing, an experienced professional, or simply someone seeking to learn more, Party Like a Marketer has something for you. Today's conversation features Daniela Furtado, Marketing Director and SEO Consultant at Findable Digital Marketing, a boutique cannabis SEO agency. She has six plus years of experience in SEO and managing websites in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. Off the clock, you can find her cooking for friends, dancing salsa, or learning a new language. Welcome everybody to today's episode of Party Like a Marketer. Today, we have Daniela Furtado to speak about SEO in the cannabis space. So we're going to be talking into strategies for small business owners and cannabis businesses to better understand the landscape of SEO and how they can help improve their performance on Google and through search. So Daniela, first thing, thank you so much for being here. Um, We're really excited to talk to you, but tell the audience a little bit about yourself, who you are, um, your company, and let's jump right into it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So yes, my name is Daniela Furtado. I have an SEO agency called Findable Digital Marketing. So I run the agency, uh, we're a small team of four people, and we specialize in cannabis SEO. So the bulk of our clients are in the cannabis and hemp space. And we help our clients get on Google, get traffic from Google and ultimately get sales. Awesome. And how long have you been doing SEO for? Oof. (laughs) I started making websites since I was like nine or 12 years old. And I've always- Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like back when it was like we had dial-up internet and my websites were always pink with like sparkly cursors and blasting music when you <laughs> logged on. Um, and all throughout university, I had a blog and I, I was, you know, using SEO, doing SEO. Um, but I would say professionally for about six years now, I, I guess it could say six. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And what brought you to cannabis? Have you always done SEO for cannabis or did you start in another industry? No. So I started off in the food industry, in the hospitality restaurants and then food manufacturing Um, and cannabis. Ever since we started the agency uh, almost two years ago, we've always had cannabis clients. So I'm, I'm based here in Toronto, Canada, where cannabis is federally legalized. So it's a natural fit. Um, It's one of the very few channels, marketing channels that cannabis businesses can really use and maximize and so yeah we've I've always had cannabis clients since day one yeah yes Canada does have that full legalization so hopefully the U.S. will get there soon but um, it's been exciting to watch what's been happening up there for sure okay awesome well let's let's jump into it about SEO Mm. Um, so let's start with why why is it so important for cannabis businesses Yeah. Well, like I I mentioned earlier, there are only 
so many marketing channels that cannabis businesses can use. And Google or SEO content marketing in general is um, one that cannabis businesses have a lot more control over. Now it's not, I wouldn't say SEO is for everyone. I think SEO works best when you have a business or product or service that is searchable, that people understand what it is. They have the language to describe it. If you have a product or service that you are inventing, like you are creating something that people have never heard of, um, then you got to work on creating a brand and, and you have to create a product or a brand that can be incorporated to people's vocabulary and then SEO comes afterwards. So um, if you have a, a product or a service that's searchable, I think SEO can be a fantastic tool to, to get sales. Definitely. Um, and most cannabis businesses are, right? If you're just, if you're a retailer or you're a brand and mm -hmm. you're selling products in the space, you can def you definitely fit within that category of being a fit for SEO. Mm -hmm. So what are, what are some of the reasons why um, cannabis brands should invest in it and how can it help their business? Like how, what are you helping your clients better understand about SEO? Yeah, so... There are multiple pillars when it comes to SEO. I would say there's a technical aspect, of course, and the, the overall website user experience. Um, so obviously, you know, if, if your website, if you're in e-commerce specifically, having a good website that's functioning on mobile and different devices that has a good user experience, that's part of SEO. So that's important. Um, there's another pillar of SEO that's predominantly about content, right? Um, your brand, your, your expertise, the, the contents, like getting people to find you in multiple ways, understanding the entire customer journey, how people can come across you. So creating content to capture people um, at different stages of their, the purchasing uh, journey is, is part of SEO. And then the last pillar is what we call backlinks, but can also be known as PR, public relations, that's also part of SEO. So getting people uh, to talk about you, to mention you on your website. So um, this is this is what SEO is. These are the three different pillars. And um, anyone that is, any business that is doing any type of marketing should think about how, think about SEO because it intertwines with so many different channels, marketing channels. And do you specialize in one of those three pillars or do you work on all three at your agency? We work on all three because it's all SEO. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's all tied together. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And what are some of the first steps that you say to business owners when they're getting started? And what are some um, missed opportunities there? Like what's kind of the first first thing you have them do when they start to work with you? Um, and then what, what do you see as the missed, some of the missed opportunities as those relationships develop? Yeah, so it, it depends slightly on the business. Um, they're like an e-commerce is different from a brick and mortar or a, a media publication. Um, so it depends slightly on what the business is, but we do have a process that we walk all of our clients through. So typically the first month is all about creating a strategy, understanding who your competitors are, who your clients are, and, um, and understanding the customer journey. Like what are people searching for to find your type of product or service? So yeah, that's the first stage is really getting a, understanding your positioning essentially. Um, and then from there, we make sure that your technical SEO is on point. So is your website mobile friendly? Do you have broken links? The basics, uh, making sure that that's 
you know, on par. And then a big chunk of SEO, the thing that we work with client with clients most is content. So um, are you ranking for keywords? Do you have content? Do, what about your local SEO? So if you're brick and mortar, getting reviews and, and being optimized in Google Maps, um, this I would say is really the meat of it all. Having content and having a strong positioning on Google Maps. Um, but you need strategy. You need to understand your business and your customers and your and your strategy, your competitors, all that before you can get to that point. So it's hard to say. Like I, I think if your question was where do you start? If you're a brick and mortar, start with just getting reviews. But if you are selling a service um, or if you're in e-commerce, I think having a very clear idea of how you want to position yourself is a good starting point. Once you're clear on that, everything is a lot easier. Yeah. And that's something we, we talk about at Cannabis Marketing Association a lot is that we have uh, brands and retailers come to us often, like, what's the best channel? What's the best channel? Right. Where should I put my marketing dollars? And we always say, you know, have you first figured out who your buyer persona yes. is? Where are they consuming media and information? Do you understand, like you mentioned, that customer journey? Because the best channel to answer that question means you have a fundamental understanding of the customer so that you can meet them at what's best for them. And that also means understanding who you are as a company and what value your product or service provides and what is the benefit that the customer is getting. Because you might think it's one thing, but they might perceive it as another. And making sure you really have as many of those puzzle pieces clear will inform the channel strategy. And I think SEO falls into that um, it, it's no different in this, in this realm as well. Yeah, 100%. You said it so perfectly. If you understand your customers and where they are, then all these questions about how to market, they come naturally. Yes, that's a good way to put it. And I think for retailers too, um, SEO is extra important because it is so you know, can be hyper local and traffic based around your community. Right. So you want to make sure you're understanding not just your business, but how it plays a role in the community and therefore how your community is finding you and, and searching you and will it thus inform the strategy. So yeah. um, I, I'm glad you brought that up. So I, I want to talk a little bit about um, some of the more advanced aspects of SEO that, that you brought up. So we do know in cannabis that because we have so many restricted channels, um, right? We can't run Google ads. Uh, even what we say on social is very limited. We can't run Facebook ads. And even those organic posts are highly monitored for um, content. And, and you had mentioned that Google ads prohibits cannabis, but many businesses do get through. Um, and that there are some alternatives to the algorithm there. Can you explain that a little bit and, and what you meant? Yeah. So I, maybe I would, there are alternatives and there are loopholes. So um, so for anyone that doesn't know, to run a Google ad, to get your ad approved, you need three things. You need an ad, right? You need the copy for your ad. You need a landing page and you need to bid for keywords. And so Google's advertising policy prohibits advertising cannabis, whether it's medicinal, recreational, CBD, it doesn't matter. It's all in one 
under one umbrella and it's all prohibited. Um, however, the loophole is that you can bid for the keyword, but you can't use cannabis related keywords in your copy. So that means that if you're like, a, let's say you're a dispensary, um, you can bid for the keyword dispensary Toronto, but you can't use that word in your ad copy or your entire website, specifically your landing page. I've seen some businesses get away with, you know, sprinkling the cannabis related keywords on some pages, but for the most part, you can't use it on your website. So you can't use the word uh, weed, marijuana, uh, bong, pipe, uh, dispensary, like you can't use any of these keywords, um, but you can bid for it. And so that's the loophole. That's how businesses uh, get around it is that they bid for the keywords and that's how they manage to, but they don't use it. And that's how they manage to get their, their ads approved. Or other, another thing that, that they, I've seen is that they create a landing page separate from their website specifically for the ads. So this is very, if you're willing to take the risk, you can afford it. That's how you can go get around it. And it can be very lucrative until um, someone can report you, uh, your competitor can report you, Google can find out, and then you get your account uh, shut down. The alternative to running ads would be SEO. <laughs> this is like where I toot my horn. <laughs> so it'd be content yes. marketing. Um, so creating what you can do is you can prepare for the day. And I really, I really am optimistic that Google will uh, make advertising for cannabis acceptable at some point. I don't know what that would look like. We're already seeing that Google is um, running closed test programs for CBD, which means that they are, Google's approaching CBD companies and granting them special permission to run ads. So I'm optimistic that the policies will change, especially um, if the states federally legalizes cannabis. I think big tech will follow suit because all the big tech companies are in the US. Um, so I think we can prepare for that day. I think, it, and, and what that means is that you can drive traffic to your site. You can feed Google and Facebook data so that the day that the advertising policies change, your Facebook pixel is matured or you have a high quality score on Google ads, which pretty much means that the, the, the algorithm has a lot of data to work with so that when you run ads, it's already quite fine tuned and um, that, that will drive down the cost of your CPC, your cost per click and, uh, and make your ads a lot more competitive. Is your, uh, to clarify, so you mentioned that high quality score and being ready. If you try and your account gets shut down, does mm -hmm. that wipe out your score or change anything at all? Well, yeah, you can get your account shut down completely. So forget quality score, you have no score. <laughs> Yeah. So that's the, so that's effective risk that, that businesses are taking is you could be ready, potentially get that traffic, but you could also be patient. And then when that day opens up, really um, capitalize on the content marketing that you've, you've been doing to get that, that data that traffic there. Correct. Right. Exactly. There is another okay. alternative. Cool. I forgot to mention my apologies is you could do um, private advertising. So you could advertise on private networks. So you could directly contact a website and ask to do a campaign with them, right? Um, so you could do banners or a sponsored post directly on their site. So you don't have to go through Google AdSense. Or you know, um, another kind of loophole is you can do display advertising. So um, again, you'd want to avoid using any sort of trigger word on the, the display ads in the photos and the multimedia, but that is a, a, also a very common uh, loophole. It is very, you gotta be willing to take the risk. Uh, you, 
you know, you could spend all this money on doing the branding, the, the writing the copy, investing in a copywriter, um, multimedia, getting an ad manager to do all of this, changing all the copy on your site to make sure that there are no trigger words. And then your account or your, your ad doesn't get approved. There's always that risk. So you do have to be very, very risk tolerant. Um, but if it gets through, I mean, the sales can be very, very lucrative. So that's why people are willing to take it. Have you seen, um, could you give any gauge or estimate as far as what you've seen as accounts who have tried getting, getting rejected or shut down or reported? Like how, how would a business gauge that risk? Um, it, it's you like, it, it's the, as long as you're willing to change the copy on your site, you can, you can almost always get through. It's just for a lot of businesses are not willing to do that because of, um, it's branding, right? And it also contradicts yeah. with SEO. So a lot of businesses, um, they've already created all this content and they've, they've been very intentional with their copy so that they rank organically on Google for specific keywords. So, so now if you want to do ads, it can contradict, right? Because you can't, if you can't use the word cannabis on your site for ads, yeah. you can't rank for it organically. The two channels contradict one another. So you have to choose, um, so yeah, like if you will, if you do things right, your ad can get approved. I don't, I don't have a number for you, but the chances are pretty high. The thing is that most people don't want to do, do that because it, it's a complete change in marketing strategy. Yeah. Yeah. And you're almost talking around what you do. It can, it can be confusing to try to talk about what you do without using any of the words that describe right. what you do in, in a common sense way. Exactly. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, so I know you've mentioned too that for dispensaries, you know, unlicensed companies can be strong competitors on yeah. Google Maps, um, particularly if there's sort of that entrenched uh, legacy market there. So, yeah. and, and I know in Canada in particular, um, dispensary owners are spending a lot of money, mi millions of dollars to set up their shops. Um, can you talk about what they can do to better portray themselves on Google Maps and compete with that market? Yeah, for sure. This is very controversial. Um, yeah, I, I kind of... But it's an issue. Yeah, I, I mean, an issue for who, right? Like, I, I get yeah. calls from both ends. Like, I get calls from the legacy market, like people that uh, don't have a registered business at all. They don't have a license at all, and they want to... Yeah, they call it we delivery services and they want they create a google maps uh account and they put their literally their home address <laughs> address on google maps and they want to improve their seo i get calls on that end and then i get calls from dispensaries that have invested millions of dollars to set up their 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 shop um and get the license and then yeah they, they're furious that uh i'm licensed we delivery service providers are ranking number one on Google. So what can you do? Um, reviews are a huge, huge aspect of it. So getting high quality five-star reviews uh, on a consistent basis that use the target keyword. So for dispensaries, that usually means your target keyword is cannabis dispensary plus the city or cannabis shop, cannabis store, legal weed like that plus the city. So you want to use, you want to encourage your clients, your customers to use those keywords in their reviews. And you want to set up a process internally to make sure that you're getting a consistent flow of reviews. 
that is like really the bread and the butter, uh, like to getting number one or top three at least. Um, there are other things as well, right? You want to um, have a good name, you know, update your description, reply to all of your reviews. You want to have a strong website. You want to have backlinks, submit to directories. There are all these other factors, but the number one thing is getting reviews. And if you're a dispensary, you're a legal dispensary, especially here in Canada, and you're trying to compete with um, illegal weed delivery services, this is something that they usually can't do. It's, it's really difficult for them to get reviews, right? Because it's a very, um, to ask their own clients to leave reviews as an illegal business is not yeah. something that's in their interest. So this is the advantage that you have. If you really want to go to the extremes, you can report. I have some clients that have called the police on uh, illegal weed del delivery services. Uh, it depends how you want to run your business and what you feel comfortable with. But I think the easiest way are, are getting reviews, a consistent flow of five-star reviews. And could, could you define consistent flow a little bit? Is that yeah. like every week? You know, it's not like you just get all your employees to post once, right? Like it's, it's regular, authentic, engaging content. Um, yes. could you, is there any way you could define that any further? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? Yeah. Is it just don't let it go dry for too long? Yeah. So I, I, um, this is just a metric that I have. There's no like, uh, official number, but a rule of thumb that I tell clients is 30% conversion. So for every 100 customers that you have coming through your door, aim to get 30% of those, um, leaving a review. If you are a service provider, so like a consultancy, I would say 70% because you have more direct communication and a strong relationship with those and you have less clients right so yeah for dispensaries i would i aim for 30 percent conversion um and yeah so yeah every day every week you should be getting reviews and they they can incentivize them when they come in the store right and say you know they can find some program or leave a card that says you know did you have a good experience yes leave the review so seo doesn't just touch you know, the, the B2B side, it's also in that, that customer centric facing role and can yeah. be at that point of sale. I genuinely believe that if you, I think SEO is so much easier to do when for me, at least right for our, our agency, it's so much easier for us to do SEO for businesses that are really good at what they do. If you have an incredible product, you provide a very good service to your clients, SEO becomes so much easier. It's easier to get PR. It's easier to you know get journalists to talk about you. It's easier to create content um, and to spread that content and it's easier to get reviews. So, so yeah, I think that should always be the main priority is providing a service that is worth asking a review for. Um, so that's number one. And then after that, it's just a matter of creating a process internally. So working with bud tenders, um, training your bud tenders to always ask, and you can give them kind of a script. There are different ways that you can ask for a review that's, that's polite and also encourages people to um, use those keywords. Um, and then you can, there are small other things, little other things, like you can have a QR code um, printed out by the cash register so that people can easily just scan it right there and leave a review. You want to make it as easy as possible for your customers to, to leave a review. If you do curbside pickup or online orders, especially now with COVID, um, you can 
also incorporate that into it. Uh, like you could do an email or a text message and have the link. And so as soon as people pick up their order or they, they receive it, then they, they get that text message or email um, with the link. So yeah, the small things like that. It's just a matter of like creating a process, automating it. And, uh, and yeah, the flow, like the, that consistent flow will just come, come through. Like all things in business, SOPs really help exactly. to have them. Yeah. Awesome. Um, well, I want to talk a little bit about online menus. I know that uh, for dispensaries, they're often using these third-party, you know, tech platforms um, that have online menus. And so, and that's part of the regulatory environment. So we can't, you know, do direct e-commerce on sites natively, um, you know, as things are still taking form. So what are kind of the pros and cons of uh, working with these services versus having your own native site? And how, how does that really impact these, these brands and retailers? Yeah. So if you use a third-party online menu that uses something called an iframe, so for example, iHeartJane, they use iframes. Um, so with that, you know, it's an iframe when it's kind of like a when you go on the site and the menu takes a little bit longer to load and it's like it's very standardized um it's this it's got the same look on like other dispensaries as well um and the shop is kind of like in this box that's that's an iframe so google can't really read any of this a lot of it is coded with javascript and so it's almost it's practically invisible to google so you're not your product pages your category pages are not going to rank on google Right now, the way that these platforms are set up, that's how it is. So, so you, there's no SEO to work with. Um, but if you use a platform, so Dutchy Plus, for example, is now like they can build an entire website for you where the product pages are, are native, like it's it's integrated into your site. Um, there's a, a, a company in the states, and they don't operate in Canada because they. They don't uh, work with the POS systems here, but I've met the founders and they're really incredible guys. They're called, the company's called Timber and they have a really cool product as well. And they have a very strong background in SEO. So that's another example of a, a site that is native. And um, yeah, it's like SEO is really built in to the site. It's, it's raw code and yeah, you can actually rank for keywords for your product pages, generate traffic and get generate sales from Google. So the pro is really outsourcing online ordering to these platforms, but the con is it makes it harder to rank natively for SEO. So I mean, ideally approaching it, you could work with, yeah. Um, cause yeah, cause it's, it's their content, it's their site, uh, but it's effectively being embedded. So the kind of the path forward is to, if they offer the service, work with them to have it native on your own site. So you can leverage the technology, but you still get kind of the, the SEO cred, if you will. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I, I want to talk a little bit about Google Merchant. Um, I know, so e-commerce is obviously something that's been changing rapidly. And I think with COVID and everyone moving to curbside pickup, it kind of came to the industry a little faster than maybe we were initially anticipating. Um, mm -hmm. And yes, their services like Google Merchant, their retail center that are prohibited. Um, do you know of any alternatives that cannabis businesses can use? 
there aren't unfortunately there aren't any alternatives it would um it depends a little bit on the products that you're selling um with certain pipes certain accessories you can get around it um but for the most part no it's it's a huge it's a big no-no right now for for e-commerce and for pipes and accessories it would be again if they're totally moving away from any cannabis language branding yeah exactly. so if they position themselves as okay that makes sense um and then i'd like to talk a little bit about content marketing yeah. that is something uh we really advocate for we're big fa fans of inbound um you know hubspot's concept that if you're putting out good content that's answering the questions that your customers have in an organic way not only are they, they going to be able to find you easier, but you're building that credibility and that thought leadership. And that can mm -hmm. go really far, particularly if you're a service provider. Um, but I think also for the brands and retailers as well, as folks are clearly searching for these different products and services. Mm -hmm. um, so can you talk about some best practices from a for content marketing from an SEO perspective um, that startups and, and small business owners can, can utilize if they're tackling SEO on their own? Yeah, I'm glad that you mentioned HubSpot because they have um, some great strategies like the topic cluster model. Have you heard of this? No. Okay, so the topic cluster model yeah. is a way to tackle, like to build authority with whether it's like from a branding point of view or from an SEO keyword point of view, but do you want to build authority within a cluster, like a topic cluster? So, um, let's say hemp milk, uh, you sell hemp milk and anytime someone searches anything related to hemp milk, you wanna be able to rank for that. So a topic cluster model is you, what it is, is you create a pillar page, which is some, usually your product page and it, or it could be a guide. And this is kind of like, as the name suggests, it's like the strongest piece of content that you have. And everything that anyone wants to know about hemp milk is gonna be, and then around that, to support that pillar piece of content, you have complementary pieces that are usually smaller um, or shorter. They're like maybe 800 words opposed to 2000. Um, and they support, they're, they're about the same topic and they support the, the pillar page. And it also tackles every single stage or you, what you're trying to do is tackle different stages of the, of the sales funnel or the online customer journey. Um, so the topic cluster model is fantastic for, for con it's a con fantastic framework for content marketing and, and it's a good way to um, get a variety of keywords within a topic cluster for SEO. Um, what I suggest for small businesses is that they pick one product or one service and one target customer and they build out the, the online customer journey for that. So let's use... Um, uh, let's use a service provider like um, I have one client right now. They are an interior designer, interior design firm or studio for dispensaries. So there are what I call there are three stages. You've got the purchase stage, the consideration stage and the awareness stage. The awareness stage is the largest. Um, you have the most amount of people in the stage and they're just trying to get an idea of what this service what this topic is all about so here people are searching things like dispensary design ideas inspiration for a cannabis store they're just trying to get a feel for what it is that they're looking for and this is um 
I think the co most common mistake small businesses make is that they create content specifically for this stage. But the problem with that is that people are, don't have the intent of purchasing. They are just getting a feel, they're just getting awareness of what they're looking for. And so what you really want to focus on as a small business is focus on the other two stages, the consideration and the purchase stage. So closer like deeper down in the funnel, I guess you could say. So the consideration stage is someone said, someone has thought, okay, I have an idea of the kind of the dispensary that I want to, to create. I have a feel for the design, but I can't do this by myself. So I need to hire someone. So in this stage, they're looking at prices, the blueprints. Um, they're trying to understand this, this service. So they're searching into Google things like cost of designing a dispensary, blueprints, layouts of dispensary. Um, uh, different, like how to hire a dispensary designer or how to hire an interior designer. So that's the consideration stage. And that's, it's, you have fewer people in this stage, but the intent to purchase is higher. And so you really want to ask yourself, what are some typical questions people ask before they, they hire, or even like think about the sales process that you have with clients and, and think about the, the doubts, the concerns that they have. And you can typically turn that into content and rank for those types of keywords and, and get leads, right. From people that are kind of uh, educating themselves, doing that research. And then the last stage is the purchase stage. And that's when people say, okay, you know what, I know what I want. I have an idea of the price of this uh, loose idea of the process. I'm ready to hire someone. And that's when they search interior designer for dispensary. So it's like their, their search, the keyword now is very short and it's very clear that the intent is to hire someone. It's, it's directly reflects your service. And so the, the page that you want to rank for is your, per, your, your service page, right? That pillar page. And you're gonna get fewer searches for this um, but the content is very sales oriented. Um, and yeah, so I think as a small business, your priority should be understanding this, 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 these three stages for every single one of your customers and services or products, building out kind of a content ideas for each one, figuring out what those keywords would be, and then, uh, and then executing it and prioritizing the lower, like the bottom of the funnel. So that purchase stage and the consideration stage. That was like, I just threw out, like I just vomited uh, a lot on you, but yeah. <laughs> no, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, any marketer is going to know about the, the funnel, yes. um, but I think we do focus so much on awareness. And I yeah. think even a lot of conversations in the cannabis space are focused on awareness mm -hmm. because there's still such a learning curve mm -hmm. um, for customers in this industry, particularly on the brand and dispensary side that a lot of attention gets put there. Um, and I don't think so much so for those, those later stages. So I'm glad you mentioned it and put that in the context of SEO. Cause I yeah. think that ties into what we mentioned in the beginning about knowing your customer, knowing their yeah. journey, um, the buyer persona, where and how they consume media. All of that is important context into where they are in their purchasing, um, decision. So thank you for laying it out like that. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, well, last few questions before we wrap up. Um, what are some, uh, I would say, things that business owners get wrong about SEO? Like, is there anything you sort of see as a repeated mistake that your clients make or um, is something that you, a message you could get out as far as if there's one thing you could get out in front of, this would be it when it comes to SEO? 
Mm -hmm. um, that's a tough question. Um, I think a lot of people are surprised by how vast and how many layers there are when it comes to SEO. A lot of people think that it's just, um, there's a technical aspect that is super mysterious. And um, for them, besides that, people think SEO is just keywords and meta descriptions. <laughs> That's it. But uh, hopefully from this conversation, you can tell that it's a lot more complete than that. It's about the whole website um, experience, right? Like how people, like your entire marketing, it, it, SEO in, is embedded into almost every aspect of, of marketing. Um, so yeah, I think that's the most common mistake or misconception is that is, is that people reduce SEO to to keywords and meta descriptions. Um, oh, sorry, what was the second part of your question? Yeah, just any misconceptions or mistakes you see business owners making repeatedly that you 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 end up having to correct. Yeah, do I, that I end up, there's not, there's not much that I have to correct. It's just things that are not done. Um, there are just yeah. gaps and holes, uh, things that are missed. Um, maybe, the, I, okay, maybe the thing that I have to correct the most every time we take on a new client is um, the website URLs are poorly written or poorly organized. There's no keyword research. Yeah, it's more like the, a lack of rather than things done, being done poorly. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. And I want to reinforce your point about a strategy too, because I think with a lot of small businesses, they will have someone who is the tech person and they do the website and they design right. the website. And then they've got another person who's content and they might mm -hmm. be the marketing coordinator and they're doing all the things marketing, but they're not tied to mm -hmm. an SEO strategy. So you've mm -hmm. kind of got tech over here, you've got content over here, but no one's fully driving the ship as far as how do these two uh, work together and what mm -hmm. does that mean for SEO and where are we going? Um, and I think that that could be one of the simple ways we're working with someone like you and better understanding um, the bigger picture will bring that harmony together, particularly if you've already got those pieces in motion, which I think a lot of business owners do. Yeah, yeah. Or just working with someone that understands the entire digital marketing ecosystem, right? Yeah, because that PR falls into, into it too, with the mm -hmm. earned, owned, and paid media. Exactly. Um, SEO fits into all of that. So mm -hmm. definitely. Okay, so uh, last few questions. What are some things you wish you knew at the beginning of your journey in cannabis? So this could be SEO specific, but more your experience in the industry. Um, now that you've been working in it in a few years and working with these business owners, what are either some things you wish you knew or some lessons that you've learned along the way? I've been super grateful. I think it's an incredible industry. People are so, they get, I think I'm very grateful, especially to be in, doing SEO. Um, people get digital marketing in the cannabis industry. I think as a whole, people are very, I mean, it's, it's a young industry and people are very digital savvy. Um, I've worked with other industries where I cannot say the same. And so I've been very grateful in that regard where conversations have just been so smooth and easy. Um, something I just have to tell myself is, is to be patient because so many businesses are so young, they're just starting out um so is their marketing and so there's a lot of them are still working on their products and um and yeah so patience patience but that's i, I learned that in so many different aspects of life 
Yeah, yes. Life will teach you that whether you like it or not. Yes. <laughs> awesome. Um, and then lastly, what are you most hopeful for in regards to the future of cannabis? And I could say either cannabis or SEO, like where do you see the future of this space going? I really hope that changes. I really hope Facebook and Google change their policies, make it easier for cannabis businesses to um, market themselves. Um, yeah, I'm that, and I'm hopeful that it will change with time. Um, so much has changed already in the past couple of years, but that's, yeah, that's what I'm excited for the most. Me too. Me too. I think that's the big one we're all waiting for is like, I'm tired of having these conversations of how to get around with it. We yeah. just want to work with it. Yeah. And yeah. we're here and, and we're ready. Yeah. So Facebook and Google, if you are listening, uh, we're ready whenever you are <laughs> for those we're policies listening. to change. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Okay. Well, thank you, Daniela. Is there any contact information you want to share about yourself or your agency or any, you know, last words before we wrap up? Yeah, sure. You can find me um, on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active there. You can feel free to like DM me, contact me. I'm pretty open to, to chatting with anyone, even if it's just a virtual like coffee chat. Um, or you can contact the agency. It's called Findable Digital Marketing. Uh, and our website is findabledigitalmarketing.com. You can just Google us. We're easy to find. That's our job. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was a pleasure speaking with you today. And thank you for sharing all your insights on SEO with the audience. We were really grateful for it. Thank you so much for having me. I really, really appreciate it. Okay. Thanks, Daniela. Have a good one. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Party Like a Marketer. Check us out on Instagram at Party Like a Marketer and on our website, thecannabismarketingassociation.com and engage with us. We love to hear from you. We'll see you next time for another episode next week.